about and value more our work outside the home and understand what kind of financial security we were giving up. That may not be the same for you. You know, you have your own pros and cons of whether to be a stay-at-home parent or not, but I want you to go in with your eyes wide open because the cost of not working is not just the the trade-off between the cost of daycare and what you bring home. That is not it at all. Welcome to Living a Budget. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I'm a financial and career coach at Saber Street. This podcast is for people who are hungry to get to financial independence and retiring early, which means getting out of debt, saving like it's second nature, and setting up your life to pay it forward. Living a budget is about so much more than just budgeting. We tackle the hard topics, all with the goal to have as much fun as possible while getting to financial independence and retiring early, whatever that looks like for you. I firmly believe you can have fun while getting to financial independence because I've done it myself and I know you can too. Let's get started. Welcome to Living a Budget, episode 23 the hidden cost of being a stay-at-home parent. Now, this is probably going to be a super controversial post. We're we're around our families right now. It is just post-Thanksgiving. We're getting over all of the sweets, the pie, the turkey, the whatever it is you ate at Thanksgiving. We are just getting through our leftovers, I'm sure, if you haven't frozen half of them. And here I am talking about whether you should be a stay-at-home parent or not. Well, that's not actually what I'm talking about. What we are discussing here today are the hidden costs of being a stay-at-home parent. And that the the huge hidden cost is salary growth, uh, wage, lost wage growth, lost wages, lost retirement assets and benefits, those sort of things. And the reason we're discussing them is not for me to convince you to not be a stay-at-home parent. I'm not here to tell you to, to go into the workforce, to stay in the workforce, anything like that. It is because I think every single decision that you make should be with your eyes wide open, knowing all of the details and all of the ramifications. That's it. That's it. And if you know the details and the ramifications and you decide to be a stay-at-home parent, then great, all power to you. That's how all decisions should be made with your eyes wide open. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to keep your eyes wide open here and how to make sure that you're making the right decision for you, your family, and your futures. So I stumbled on this interactive chart, this interactive thing from the Center for American Progress. So the Center for American Progress is an organization, I think it's a nonprofit, that helps people understand what the costs are. It really helps people see the actuals. And I would really love to take you through this because they have this amazing chart, this amazing calculator for lost wages or basically a way to figure out what the actual cost of taking a year off work would be for you. So I went through this myself and and let me tell you a little story because I, I had this thought myself at one point and at many points in my career, if I'm being super honest, many points to see, should I do this or not? Now, 
should I be a stay at home mom? Should my husband be a stay at home parent? Should we do this or not? Because uh, way back when, when we had our first child, I think I was 26, about to turn 27. We've been married for a couple of years. I was making way less than I, I should have been making. And childcare in the in Massachusetts, right outside of Boston, for an infant at that time. So I was 26. So that was 2015. Is that right? Yeah, 2015 was $20,000 a year. Of course, that's post-tax income and the FSA that we could have for depend, uh, dependent care was only five grand a year. So 20 grand a year for childcare for an infant. And here I was making, I think, $52,000 a year pre-tax and taking home, of course, way less than that. And my husband at the time was making like $28,000 a year. So, so our thought was, okay, well, should one of us be a stay-at-home parent? Should one of us stop working? Should we take care of our daughter instead of going to work? Because of our money situation and because we were house poor, I went back to work and because she was colicky and and I I was uh, concerned about it. uh, I went back to work at eight weeks postpartum. At that time, I I started a little part time and then went to full time by 10 weeks. It was the toughest time in my life. I got up and started work at 4 a.m. after getting up at 3.30 to breastfeed my kid, my infant, then went to work at four in the morning and worked until noon, taking just breaks to breastfeed my kid. And then I took care of her until she went to sleep around 7.30 or 8 p.m. and collapsed, exhausted, unable to really think or do anything else after that. So so we did that for weeks and weeks and weeks before I found another job. But uh, But during that time and before that time, because my baby would not stop crying until she was four and a half months old, During that time, we were very, and don't worry, we took her to the doctor many, many times. During that time, my husband and I were thinking, well, wouldn't it be easier if one of us was a stay-at-home parent, then maybe we could sleep. Maybe we would have some sanity. Maybe we could do this thing a lot better. And isn't that how it was way back when, where where instead of having a two-income family, there was a one-income family, and how can we make that work right outside of Boston? It was difficult. And knowing that childcare was taking up basically his entire salary, we thought, okay, well, that's maybe doable. But let me tell you what we ended up calculating, because again, I like to do this with my eyes wide open. I like to do this knowing all of the ramifications, everything that's going to happen. We, we thought it through from many perspectives. And the number one thing that kept us in the workforce was the thought of lost wages. Not just lost wages because one of us wasn't going to be paid, but lost wage growth. So year over year, I was getting, I think, a a two and a half, just about average percentage increase on my salary, uh, just as a merit increase or like a, a cost of living increase year over year. That's not even counting the times that I was promoted and I would get a 15 or 20% raise. And and if it was really bad, a 10 or 12% raise. One time I got an 8% raise and then I thought less of the company, (laughs) but that's beside the point. So counting all of that wage growth is a huge point in deciding whether to be a stay-at-home parent or not, because wage growth 
will affect social security benefits. It affects uh, your 401k investing. It affects how quickly you can pay off debt, how much you can invest, you know, what actually happens. And just like your investments have this compound interest and, and, you know, it, it year over year, it grows and grows and grows and the growth takes off. So it is with your salary. Every time you get a percentage increase, it's a percentage on your current salary, not the one you started with. So if one year you get a $2,000 raise, then the next year is 2,200 or or 2,100. And so that wage growth continues to just snowball as you get older. And that's why people's, the, the prime years for earning income is between the ages of, of like 35 and 55 because your income just keeps snowballing and you keep earning more and more and more money if you are part of a corporation that that will give you annual raises. So so we thought about this and we thought about our retirement and we plotted it out. If I stayed home, well A we couldn't really survive on Thomas's $28,000 a year salary, we'd have to do a lot more fundraising cuz he does everything through fundraising. He's a missionary and a minister. So all of his salary is fundraising. So A, we couldn't pay our bills if if I stayed home. And B, you know, we'd have to change our whole living situation, move way far away from Boston. B, if he stayed home, he'd have to he'd have to stop his ministry. And we really, really, really believed in that. So it kind of kept us stuck um, and had me negotiating for a $20,000 raise at work. Uh, which I didn't get. I ended up getting a different job. I think they would have given it to me. I just got a different job before then. So anyway, coming back to this hidden cost, the hidden cost of being a stay-at-home parent, it's a few things. It is your lost wage growth. So let's say you make $54,000 a year and you get a 2.5% raise. The first year, of not getting that raise, you would lose out on $1,350. Do we have a Black Friday sale for you? If you're in debt and you know you could use some guidance, motivation, and accountability to finally get out of debt, then look no further. Now is the best time to join group financial coaching as we sweeten the deal with a get out of debt for good class and lower the price to just $97 per month. That's 34% off every single month you're enrolled. But wait, for Black Friday, I'm throwing in a free coaching session before you join the group. Book a complimentary consultation right on saberstreet.com to start now. To grab this deal, go right to saberstreet.com and book a complimentary consultation. Mention this Black Friday ad, and instead of $147 per month, you will get into group coaching for just $97 a month. The second year, you would lose out on $1,383 and so on and so forth. And that just kind of snowballs. After the six years, $1,500. After 10 years, it's about $1,700 every single year that you are not earning. So you see how that snowballs every single year. You are losing out on thousands and thousands of dollars of raises that you could have gotten 
And that's not even counting bonuses. That's not counting you getting promoted and getting a larger raise than two and a half percent. Most of the time, the the normal annual merit increase or annual raise is around three percent. And hopefully this next year, it'll be more because inflation has been more. But that's not actually how they work. So just lost wage growth. If you take it all the way, like let's say that I did this at age 28 when our our second child was born and went all the way to retirement, the lost wage growth is about $64,000, assuming I never, ever got another promotion. The lost 401k benefits, that's about $60,000 of money that I would not have had in my account. The total income loss, let's talk about that, lost wages, lost wage growth, lost retirement assets and benefits, so Social Security included here, that total income loss is $180,000 for the life of, of my career all the way until I retire at age 67. So looking backwards, looking at this, looking forwards and saying, okay, well, what is actually on the line here? If you look at that $180,000 and use the the normal investment calculator of, okay, well, you know, what can I draw? So say you have all of these things in a retirement account and you're drawing that 4%, which is very average, very normal after you retire at around 65, 67, or 70 then you're losing $7,200 in annual income every year. So I looked at that. We looked at all of this and thought, okay, we can keep going. And actually for our sanity, we just kept going and kept working. We decided that this lost, these lost benefits, these lost, this, the lost wage growth, the lost wages, the lost everything for being out of the workforce for one year was not actually worth it. It wasn't worth it financially for us. And we thought, okay, well, we are spending a lot of time with our kids outside of daycare. We're spending a lot of kids. We are educating them. We are helping them know God, helping them love God. We are spending a lot of time with them. And of course, we chose daycares that were in churches. So so we could trust them. We could, we could make sure that they were not getting outside influences that we didn't want them to be exposed to. So all of that together changed our minds and made us think about and value more our work outside the home and understand what kind of financial security we were giving up. That may not be the same for you. You know, you have your own pros and cons of whether to be a stay-at-home parent or not, but I want you to go in with your eyes wide open because the cost of not working is not just the the trade-off between the cost of daycare and what you bring home. That is not it at all. You're also trading that lost wage growth. You are trading the social security benefits. You are trading the investments in your 401k. You're trading a lot of things to be a stay-at-home parent. And it should be a factor as you consider whether to be a stay-at-home parent or not. Again, I'm not telling you not to be. I am just telling you to go in with your eyes wide open and to see what the financial impact would be. I I have to do this. I'm a financial coach. Of course, I would have this argument. Go ahead. And if you want to go and see, 
the American Progress Center for American Progress calculator, the hidden cost of a failing childcare system, then go ahead and look at it. It is interactives.americanprogress.org backslash childcare costs. I really like this calculator. I thought it was very eye-opening and very intriguing, and it helped me see what was actually going on. Now, of course, it's here to prove a point, right? It's here to help people figure out like what does childcare cost and what does it actually cost you? And, it, and it's trying to argue a point that I'm not trying to argue, but I really, really like the calculator. I just, I like numbers. So if this is something that you're looking at and you're looking for the numbers toward what it actually costs to be a stay-at-home parent, then use that calculator and figure out if it's worth it for you to be a stay-at-home parent or not. And yes, that's provocative language and worth is not is not counted in dollars and cents. Worth is counted in other ways. I understand that as a Christian and as a mother. So I get it, but I'm also not here to judge you on your decisions of whether to be a stay-at-home parent or not. I'm here to help you make the decision that is right for your family. So go ahead and use that calculator. I think it's great. And tell me what you think. I hope this helped. I hope it helped you figure out and learn that there are other costs of being a stay-at-home parent, not just your salary and what you're losing from your that year that you took off or, or the, the two years or the three years, because you can put as many years as you want in there, but to also understand what it does to your lost wage growth, your benefits, your investments, your, your retirement at the end of your working career. So take a look at that, go in with your eyes wide open and see if it's something that you can handle and if it's something that you really do want to do. Just make sure to read it right too, okay? Anyway, I hope this helped. I hope this was eye-opening. I know I, I throw numbers out there and just the, the numbers that really, really matter here are that income loss of $180,000 and the salary of $54,000. Now, at age 28, my salary was a lot higher than that. And so the income loss would be a lot higher than that. Anyway, I hope that helped. I will talk to you in the next episode. Go ahead and make your argument. I'm sure this is going to fire a lot of people up. Make your arguments. I'd love to hear them. And if you want me to talk about anything else in this podcast, drop me a line at saverstreet.com. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.